0: This is your host Jasmine Luchies, and you are now listening to Hepa Talk, Season Three. Hola, Hepitas! Welcome back to Hepa Talk. So today I have a special guest. Um, I call him Mr. Network, <laughs> but can you introduce yourself to everybody?
1: What's up, guys? My name is uh, Kenneth Ortiz. Um, I'm from uh, San Antonio, Texas, and uh, my business is The Network Club.
0: So I'm kind of excited to have Kenneth because he basically does what I do, but for uh, pretty much everybody, men businesses, women businesses, all types of business businesses. And it's cool to see somebody else build community because I think um, for the long time, I, I've i only networked and seen really a lot of business owners that are women. And I really don't come across um, male owners. So tell me a little bit about like what made you start your business and stuff.
1: Okay, so what made me start my business was I had a lawn business, uh, Casey Lawn, before I started uh, this thing. And um, I saw how just marketing for myself and advertising, just making little videos and just the different things I would do, uh, I gained like 80 to 90% of my customers were, were from social media. And it was from doing stuff like that. And I enjoyed doing it, right? I enjoyed making content like that. Um, that mixed with my, um, my Christian background and, and helping people um i think it just all like like i think we before we before we started this we're talking about how, how god will align align things for you when you're you're going through something and uh i just feel like it just all fell into place helping people and advertising and networking and it just all came together and then through this process you just start meeting different people and networking and growing and and it's great and like you said yes there's a lot of women and and I think women are a little bit more supportive because they understand, I think, a lot of, I don't know how to explain it. There's just something about, and it's crazy because I've reached out to a lot of men too, like, hey, you know, this and that, but you will see a lot of women in my club because of that. I don't know what the reason is, but there's just between businesses and and networking, they're just more supportive and I'm all for it because that's all I'm for. Like, if you don't want to come rock with me for whatever reason, I'm not going to stop like liking your stuff i'm not going to be gonna stop commenting just because you don't want to be a member or you know what i mean that's not what we're about we're about spreading love helping people and that's it if you want to like talk about numbers and money and this and that like i ain't making nothing like i got another company that I had to start just but this one you know what i mean but i believe in it you know what i mean i believe in one day my memberships will take care of whatever the advertising cost or whatever the you know what i'm saying when you believe in stuff that you don't you know, look, and and I'm starting to listen to those people. And, and when they talk about consistency and, you know, stick with it. And I never done that before. My whole life, I was, it was more of like getting money the wrong way and then dipping out and getting money the wrong way and then fighting the next hustle or, you know what I mean? So now it's, it's a little uncomfortable to try something different, but we're here for it and we're not going nowhere. So if you want to come, you can come. We're here to help. And if not, then we're still here to help yeah I mean, either way, it's all love,
0: so i I love that because i I do I do have conversations sometimes with friends, and I feel like it is a lot harder for men to make friends. I feel like, right. Um also, I feel like, um business owners too, like it's kind of hard to network and like put your business out there because you some people are just not used to it. Uh, I know my husband uh, he has a business too and he's very like oh I don't want to do that that's more you that's this that's that and so Mm -hmm. like to be able to for you to be able to kind of be like, now, nah, I'm gonna try something new. I'm gonna try to build something and, and network and, and and connect people, I think that's cool because it's not normally seen for men, right And right. so like you're kind of breaking that um wall down to be like now nah, we can all be homies, we can all network with each other. we can all build something together. we can um you know, just um connect with each other and like e- even if it's just referring somebody, like it yeah. takes zero dollars to do that yeah
1: and i don't that's what i never under and but i did have a conversation with one of my cousins and she's a business owner too um she she told me she's like they're not in the same world you're in you gotta understand that you're a business owner they're not you know what i'm saying that's how it is sometimes you got family and stuff that hey they don't support me they don't understand <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Not only that, you got to understand too like I make it look good online. <laughs> it looks like I'm doing well. It looks like I don't need your support. So like why do I You know what I mean? And that's a tricky thing too is like some people are like, man, you don't support me. Well, I mean, shit, you make it look like you're doing well all the time. What what who needs to support that? You know what I'm saying? And that's sad too. You know what I mean? That's why that's why that's when I want that's why I told you too about how why I wanted to come out here. That's the sad truth. It's like, it's cool when you have 20K followers and stuff like that, but if nobody's buying your stuff or nobody's, you know what I'm saying? It it might look good, all your posts. Yeah, you have good posts, they're funny, but you know what I'm saying? And it's just one of those things. But at the end of the day, you got to realize nobody has to support you. They don't. Just like, you don't got to support anybody, but that doesn't mean that you stop doing you. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta realize you got a purpose that's bigger than you, and you definitely do. You know what I'm saying? Having this podcast is—you de- definitely got a purpose that's bigger than you and me and anybody. I mean, even if we were to something were to happen to you or me, this pod, this here is still gonna be here. You know what I'm saying? Your Instagram's still gonna be there for your kids to see for your, and that's something that my grandma didn't have, right? So that's our job to tell their story, right? It's either our job to. My grandma had all these kids, too, but guess what? I remember she had three jobs, yeah, you know I mean, so that's it's our job to tell their story through our lives, I guess kind of doing what they did, and our kids could see it, and it works like that and you're I mean you're doing a great job of it, you know what I'm saying, so you know that I know people come on here they try to spread their business and do all this, but yeah, just gotta let you know.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and, and I feel like it is true. Um, I feel like that that has been a purpose of mine is to like help people understand others and to have compassion for one another. Than that. One of the, one of my favorite things to say all the time, and I'm sure everybody gets tired of me saying it, but social media has this way of making people think that everything is rainbows and butterflies because nobody really talks or shares the bad things that happen or the the things that they have to go through to achieve certain things and so um when I started this I really wanted it to be a place where everybody can connect with each other and really tell their story for what it is like but the the you know the falls the highs like everything because we all go through something that shapes us and gives us that passion and drive for what we do right and so just on that the way we connected right um you did say that you had a hard kind of upbringing kind of so Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about that
1: um okay so my upbringing I wouldn't say. How do I explain this? I wouldn't say it was hard, right? I think everybody has their idea of what hard is, or what and whatnot. But um, my mom was a good mom. Um, my biological father wasn't there; he's a drug addict. Um, I have a father that's raised me since I was one years old. Um, and then I have another stepfather when my mother separated from him. Um when I was, I think, eight and he's been there ever since. Um, when you're a child, also my um, my grandfather wasn't there, my mom's, so I didn't have really a male, a biological male figure, right? Um, but some of this stuff I didn't know until like maybe like kindergarten. So a lot, and even past that, my name, uh I have, my name's Kenneth Ronnie Ortiz uh when I was little I'd write Ronnie Sanchez on my on my uh schoolwork and I never I didn't know that my real name was actually this name you know what I mean and I think like looking back you kind of like little stuff like that it might not seem like big deals to people it might not seem to but those things they they create like an identity like you don't know who you are you don't know and I started learning that like later on and, and it sucks that For us, it's different now. Kids, they have like emotional things that videos and you know things to help them deal with emotion. But for us, we didn't have that growing up. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have nobody to be like, hey, this is how you deal with things when things happen. So uh, what happens is um, that trauma, you stop growing at a certain age. What I've learned now being 30 after all these problems I created for myself, that trauma stops you at a certain age. You stop growing emotionally. So when a problem arises that reminds you of that trauma, you act out like that child would. So violently, or running away, or retreating, or those are all childhood things from those traumas that, so it's important for us to face those head on. So now those uncomfortable things that I'm trying to, like now, I'm 30, 33, I've learned this probably about a year ago, it's a couple of years ago, but it's still a process, it's very uncomfortable still, because you live your life from that age to this long time going these neurological pathways in your brain going from when something happens in point a you go straight to b which is leave or go to the bar or and now you got to retrain all that and it's an uncomfortable thing but it's something that needs to be done because like i said it's it's bigger than you and me it's our kids right so i wouldn't say i was brought up bad because i understand now Mm-hmm. but but like the old me would have been like yeah you know this this and that and this but now it's like you know what my mom she gave me everything you know what I mean I had food out of place you know what I'm saying maybe emotionally some things happen here and there but bro it happens you know what I mean and that's the way you got to look at things we got to take responsibility for things that happen to us even though we're not responsible for that you know what I'm saying for the situation and it sucks but hey, if we don't get through it, we're going to mess it up for our kids too. So,
0: but, yeah. What what was it like for you as a teenager?
1: As a teenager? Um, so as I said before, and I'm going to be real open and transparent here, and my mom's probably going to hear this and this and that, but it's just what it is, you know what I mean? Um, I felt like in my home, I didn't have a home. And that was because my mom was with my stepfather and they had my brother. And I just kind of felt like I was there. So I just spent a lot of time in my room and just to myself. And the sad thing is, is like, I starting to see kind of that in in my stepdaughter. And then remember how I told you God kind of puts you in those places where you need to be? Yeah, I'm starting to see that in her. And I just had a conversation with her the other day, too. It was like, I don't want you ever to think, like, anything. Like, I love you. You know what I mean? And I want her to feel that because that's important, bro. You don't ever, that's an ugly feeling to be at home. Not know where your home's at. Or, you know what I'm saying? You're at home, but it doesn't feel like home. Right? And and again, not to take anything away from my mother because she did the best she could. And it had nothing to do with her because I didn't voice things to her like this. You know what I mean? So it has nothing to do with that. But it's just being real, you know, and that's a fact. And that's something that as an adult, we have to listen to our kids and know, you know, when they're retreating, they're going to their room, they're not coming out as often. We got to listen to those little things and kind of face them head on, even though it might be, because it is uncomfortable, bro. They're teenagers already and having conversations with them is like, you know, they're not little kids. We're like, hey, you know, this and that. And they don't know. They're like, so it's kind of awkward sometimes, but you got to have those conversations, man. Yeah.
0: I think I I think I definitely can relate to what you just said about how ugly it is to be home, but it's not your home. Uh-huh. Uh, I I um like I was telling you, I was adopted by my grandparents. So once my grandfather passed away, and um you know my mom was kind of left to fend for herself. She has you know, two young daughters now that she has to watch, and I mean, at this time, she was, she was already done raising her daughters, you know, Um, she, we had to move here to San Antonio, and my aunt um, had a, had a home and everything, so we ended up living with her um, for a while, and my teen years felt like that, where it's like, I know that they loved me, I know that they, um, you know, get everything to provide for me and everything, but it's like, it wasn't my home. So I would end up doing that a lot where I would be in my room most of the time. I just felt very uncomfortable being around them because I always felt like, well, this is your home and I'm just kind of arrimada, you know, and, and it, it it does feel ugly because it's something that they probably didn't notice. And I also didn't voice out to them because I mean, who wants to have that awkward conversation with their stuff yeah and so I I think that I I can relate to you in that sense and I think because I felt like that I did end up acting out later on once I kind of hit 18 and stuff Uh would you say that's kind of what happened with you too
1: yeah I I ran I think I, I think I was 17 well see here's the thing I just look like this, right? (laughs) I graduated a year early uh, with like a 3.8 GPA. Um, So I was 17 already when I finished school. So I was already taking, I was already, when my friends weren't still in school, I was in college. And, um, and I, it was like more freedom, kind of. And I was just like, yeah, definitely, definitely around that age is when I just kind of took off from home. And yeah, it was kind of bad it wasn't bad oh yeah it was i guess but the thing is is like now i look back at it and that's the thing like you're a kid you don't know you you think like it's silly to me now saying like i didn't have a home because now you're i'm an adult and you realize that there's kids that really don't have a home you know what i mean and then it's like what the hell was i complaining about but you can't really say that to a kid like I said, i one of I was one of those kids where I have to kind of go through it. You know what I mean? So all these things in my life were definitely lessons to 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 L's to make W's. I guess they all just kind of added up. And and here I'm I'm I used to I don't know I'm a spiritual person and and I believe in the Bible and stuff like that. And I used to talk to God and I used to, but now it's like I it's weird. I don't talk to him, but like I feel it like a random feeling of just like gratitude and and I don't even know where the hell this company is going I don't even know what it's gonna be I don't have a I have a few dollars in the bank account I got this and that but for some reason something's just pushing me forward I don't know what it is and I just get these random feeling overwhelming feelings of I know I'm doing what's right and even though it's uncomfortable sometimes I'm I'm frustrated sometimes I'm he's telling me like yo you got to go through this like before you would you wouldn't you would give up you would just run away but not hey like i'll let you know this is the right way and then he brings up people like you who bring up like you know what i'm saying or just everything will, like yeah, i've reached i've re- I, you're this i think the second podcast person or no fourth i think and then i reached out to one more after you but this is the only one you know what i mean and i don't think it's by coincidence.
0: well i i think that i definitely um always say too that i feel like people come into our lives for reasons sometimes seasons um because you you know as you evolve sometimes i've i've come to realize now that i'm an adult that it's okay when you can't take everybody with you that it's okay that sometimes you you have certain people that you love dearly that have been your ride or dies for you know, seasons of your your life, and then when you evolve and you become a better version of yourself, that you sometimes have to let those friendship friendships go. Mm-hmm. And like I I feel like that's um very true now as an adult. Even when I meet people, like I'm like okay. I'm a very understanding person. I'm a very compassionate person. And uh-huh. even for me, sometimes I meet people, and not everybody is for me. Not uh-huh. everybody is um, gonna support me for their reasons or you know, me for whatever reason. and um, you you learn that you meet people and they might not be something that stays in your life, but they're gonna connect you or direct you to somebody that will that will um, uplift you that will help you evolve into a better person and so that that's why I love what I do and I can see that that's probably what's pushing you too because um, right when you probably feel like why am I doing this and why am I stressing myself out I'm sure that God kind of pushes you or like you connect with somebody and it's kind of like Letting you know, like, hey, don't give up on me. Like, I'm yeah. I'm yeah, sending you the right way, just be patient with me. And like, I know for myself that's hard because I'm a very like go-getter. And so I'm always like, I need to know how things are. Yeah. And so sometimes it's hard where I'm like, okay, I hear you God, you want me to be patient, but I'm like, I need to know, like, where where do I need to move? Where do I need to go? Like, um, so I, I think. I think I can definitely relate in that sense.
1: Yeah, I know. Speaking of being patient, um, so we know about the whole lock. I was I was incarcerated. Um, so what happened was I was a part of something where we were bringing people or I got caught with illegal immigrants at the checkpoint out of border. So that's I, not like what you not like a human trafficking type of like, you know what I'm saying? One of those against their will. No, these people's family would pay me and I would that's what I, you know what I'm saying, she got caught doing. Um so before that I was I was used to making money. You know what I mean? Fast and I would just spend it and it was nothing to me. And uh I had control over all the situations in my life. You know what i mean relationships i control no matter what i did i control relationships i control over people you know when you have money it's just for some reason it's that power you have you know what i mean but it's the wrong kind you know so once that was taken away from me i had all the control taken away from me i got incarcerated i did uh 33 months in federal prison so around three years Uh, um and it just shook up my world it was like one of those things where you're used to having everything in front of you and it's taken away and it's like you're just in a cell by yourself it's like you know you start you start weighing out like was this worth it was you know what i'm saying you start thinking about all those mistakes you made the people you hurt you know if 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 god gives you that gift of awareness and that's that's the sad truth too is, is some people don't have that they don't have that snap right that whenever they get in trouble or you know, well, me and you are talking about that cycle they get stuck in, um, and they just get stuck in that same cycle, and the, the government and the state and all that, they make it real simple for that, you know, um, there is programs to help, um, but they're only for, let's say, drug addicts or stuff like that, um, so I get out, um, and mind you, this place is messed up. <laughs> nobody would ever think like I told you before. I graduated a year early. You know, nobody thought I would be in this kind of position. Um, and um, so I go into this place. These people approach me. Hey, who are you running with? I never even been in a place like this. I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, no one. Um, this and that. So then they start schooling me. Hey, this is this. This is that. Um, these are these group of people. These are that group of people. Prison's real segregated. You know um it's messed up but it is what it is if you think it's racist out here you know what I mean I mean not everybody's racist but the way things are set up is you know white table black table Mexican table um and it was definitely a different different for me uh I didn't have a lot of the tattoos I had before I went in there um uh some would call it a gang <laughs> that I was in but um some would call it just a group trying to make sure that nobody messes with us so we get home safe um there is a little gray area in there that's like you know but that's everywhere um but I'm not that's only when I'm incarcerated you know what I mean so out here it's not like you know what I mean nothing I'm not a gang member just because you see these tattoos they don't mean nothing um so I want people to know that as well um now saying that I lost control over everything. So while I was in there, I made it a point to just be destructive to myself, I guess. So any problem that came up, I made it a day and I would volunteer for everything. So like in our group that we had, we would volunteer to do stuff. You know what I mean? Like you would if say if um, a child uh, what is it, a pedophile ended up on the yard and you had to do, you know what I'm saying? You would it would oh, okay, I'll go do it or hey, I'll go do it. So Meaning, losing everything. I was in the hole at every unit I was at. I started off at Bastrop, um, low, in Texas, uh, and we could all verify this with all these. I know different. I was locked up with uh, Chief Ali. He's a rapper from here. One of my friends. Uh, I was at Bastrop, low. Then I got transferred to Pollock, medium for beating up somebody on the yard, and then I got transferred to. Um, Okay, then I stayed at Pollock Medium, but uh, like transfer units, I went to the whole, Um, I was just, I had just given up, I was just so, I was like, I don't have my daughter, I don't have nothing, everybody left me, so you know what, this is who I am, you know what I mean, this is who I'm going to be, and I'm not glorifying this, because where I'm at today, everything is to glorify God. And all my situations are just what I'm telling you, and they're real. They're not no fucking made up story. They're not no cussing. They're not no rap song. They're not no you know what I mean. This is what it is, and I'm not proud of it. Like I made changes, and I'm not the same person. So I'm in this place. The first time I go to the hole, um, I go to uh, after I go to this thing called it's like a step down program. So, to get out of the hole, you go to the separate unit and then they let you out to give you a little more freedom, a little more freedom until you're back in the general population. Um, and when my first, I'd been in a few fights already. It was not a big deal to be in fights, but my first real uh, incident was in the step-down program when they put us back in our cells and we had had an issue, a little conflict with another group of people. And um, I'm in my cell and I just hear like something scratching on the ground next door. And those people are housed next to me, right? Mind you, the rest of my people are downstairs because I just got in this program. So they're already um, on the next tier. This dude sharpening his stuff. And the guy that has all of our stuff is downstairs that holds everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm about to just not even make it out of prison. Like, I'm about to die here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't even, like, like this is how I'm going to go out. But like, like, my daughter's father is about to die in prison. You know what I mean? That's kind of what was going through my mind. And then all I could think of was, damn, when these doors pop, you better, like, just fight for your life or something. You know what I mean? So I, the doors pop, and I open the door, and, the dude just walks right past me. Like fuck. So so he walks right past me, and they and then all you see is the uh, I, I come downstairs, and um, my people are already in a group talking, and their people are over there talking, and and luckily it didn't get to that point at that time. You know what I mean? And it was like holy shit. Like that was my first kind of like, oh, damn. This is what it's gonna be. You know what I mean, this is your home. <laughs> this is we. This is who you are. Like this is who you're gonna be for you know what I'm saying? And then the crazy part is you forget that, or you 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 come become accustomed to your environment and that that little that scratch on the ground isn't doesn't even now you're in your cell fucking making a shame because something's gonna happen on the yard or something. And that's and one time uh I think I watched a video on uh Danny Trejo talked about this he said he was playing dominoes and then uh somebody uh somebody got killed next to him and then he was like wait 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 I got I got I got a pair of fives or I got a pair of, you know what I mean and that I felt that because that's a sad truth like you get I I remember seeing people out on gurneys with a, a shank sticking out of their chest and or, or a group of people that were that were beating up one of their own because he did something wrong and he was unconscious, but they were still like kicking him in the face. Um, stories of people getting beat up with locks, their brains swelling up, and die, like just just ugly things. You know what I mean? And and it's like it's so nuts how it just becomes normal. And and it just it just goes to show how, how humans are any you get to just adapt to anything, you know what I mean? It's crazy.
0: I, I, was, gonna, I was gonna tell you that, that that to be there for so long, it's like you kind of you kind of have to make that a norm, right? Because uh-huh. I I can just imagine being in there and if you're not mentally preparing yourself like um to to kind of see those kind of things every day. I mean, can you just imagine what mental state people would be in if they weren't like survival mode? Because technically that's what you were on, survival mode. Because you're 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 put in this position where it's like, hmm, I have had conversations with other people and I've seen interviews and things like that where it it, it is very much like that, where it's like you kinda you kind of have to be in this group right to survive in there right, right, so it's like it's like if you don't do it you're not gonna make it out there and if you do do it you probably yeah. might not make it out either way you because- know
1: what i don't i okay i don't think i don't i didn't have to i didn't if you're a if you're a i how do i say it you can get through prison if you're a charismatic guy, or if you're just a, a straight-up person that's not gonna let nobody push you over, you can get through prison and not join nothing. You can't. Don't let nobody tell you like, oh, you had to, or it's not. It's not like that. Cause there's groups that are don't belong to anybody. You know what I mean? So there's, it's like that. I don't think that I had to, but I was just natural. You know what I mean? I was just like, yo, fuck it. I lost everything. Let's ride. You know what I mean? And then that's, I don't, I'm not even gonna try to put it any other you know what i'm saying like i feel like if i try to put it another way i'd be making excuse for myself you know what i mean like don't yeah you know what i mean but
0: yeah, I do. it is what it is so i was
1: in a- no, it but
0: <laughs> so now now that you found yourself out of there um and you came home how was that for you
1: um at first it was a trip because i wasn't even in there that long. But it's just, I'm real, my body's real sensitive. So like anxiety and stuff like that was definitely an issue. I remember going to my grandpa's uh, retirement party and just a lot of people being around was kind of weird. Kind of got like anxiety and stuff like that. Um, That comes back every now and then if I like seclude myself and then I go out, it'll come back. But if I'm like constantly like, oh, we're going places and stuff like that, I'm good. But, yeah, in terms of that, kind of, I guess, a little PTSD, they would call it. Yeah, somewhat. But it's hard for me to make excuses for myself nowadays. So, like, whenever I say something, you're always going to hear me say, but, you know what? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to, uh, I don't, I just hate making excuses for myself nowadays. I just feel like it happened. Yeah, I kind of, I'm adjusting to it, but let's do it. You know what I mean? And that's it.
0: So once you once you got out and like you're
1: in, in, you know. Oh, okay. One more thing. Let me say this. Yes. So the how to adjust is, okay. So I came out. You're talking to somebody that's used to making $10,000 in like, in like four hours. And then I come out and I'm making $400 in a week, right? Not only that, I got, I'm used to being able to see my daughter. Hey, I'm going to go see her. Or, hey, you know what? I'm gonna come home whenever I want to. Or hey, you know what I'm saying to them, being like, "No, you can only see her for two hours on this day." Say, so, "Hey, you can only," you know what I'm saying. So my control still like, and you're now you're living in the world with that. At least when you're locked up, you're like, "Ah, okay, everybody around here is the same." Right now you feel like a loser because you're now you're over here out here. You're only making four hundred dollars a day. You're used to driving like a X five BMW. Now you don't have a car, you know. Like, and it was a sad. Like I was just like. It was tough, but you know what? I I um. When I was driving before I got caught, I was texting my my who is now my wife, and uh, it was a Wednesday, and I was telling her, um, I want to take you out. And she's like, okay, and we're, we're planning on meeting Friday, and she was the last person I text, so I get locked up, and uh, all this time goes by and. Um, I get out and, uh, she's still single. And, uh, so we go on a date and, uh, she takes me to church. She takes me to CBC, Community Bible Church. And, uh, I was just like, okay, okay. She's cool. She's a good girl. You know what I mean? Let me, let me see if I could like not mess this up. (laughs) Let me, you know, let me see if I could do things right this time and uh at first it wasn't i was still i was locked up for three years so i was still like i don't know how to say it i I was thrown out into the world and not ever given no type of responsibility before that so now i'm i'm barely figuring out this responsibility thing you know what i mean so it was like man how am i gonna do this um and she's like well she was just like, I'll help you with, she just helped me with everything, like anything I needed. And that's all I could ask for. And I was like, you know what? Like she's it, like she's it. And I asked her to marry me. I started my lawn business. It was doing well. I asked her to marry me. We got married. Um, We had Camila, our first daughter. And then 11 months later we had her, uh, our other daughters eleven months apart, <laughs> so yeah, they're eleven months apart, and then now we have a boy on the way, and I have a two year old, a one year old, and I'm gonna have a newborn in December, and it's just, just man, sometimes I'm I'm nuts. I'm I'm a father that's that's everything. I'm a I'm a part time father. I'm a father that I feel like there's one of my daughters I don't I don't see, and and it's cool. Like I understand where her parents are at, and and, and it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to, to mend that relationship one day, and I take full responsibility for it. Um, but man, I've been in every situation you could think of as a father. You know, I've been a part-time father, a full-time father, a father that's not there, like, like anything. You, uh, I have my my daughter. She's uh, she just turned 11. She has a, a glycogen storage disease. Um, so I just any I've been selfish. I've been caring. You know what I mean, it's I've been it all and. And all that through just to like, nothing matters but them at the end of the day. And people need to really re- realize that because when we're gone, that's all that's gonna be here left. And they're not a representation of us, they're a representation of God. And what that is, is love. So we gotta show them that so that that continues, right? And that's what God's shown to me through my grandfather, can't even my biological grandfather. But I'm glad that people that weren't, uh, my blood chose to love me because I can instill that into other people. You know what I mean? And once you fill out, once you realize that that means more, right? I could say, oh, I didn't have a father. Oh, I didn't have a father. But to say that I have two stepfathers that chose to love me, it means something more when somebody chooses it. You know, I could be a father to my kids because I'm their father. I have to, you know what I mean? But for somebody to come along and be like, hey, I'm going to be this kid's dad because I want to, like, I'll be like forever grateful for that. And I'm glad that God gave me that awareness to see that now. I,
0: I think that's that's very powerful because that is true. Um, I think when because you can you can be a parent, right, but that doesn't mean you're you are a mom or a dad um I feel like for me for instance my biological parents like yes they gave birth to me and you know I love them for that um they were never really in the picture my father was more in the picture than my biological mom was and like she sometimes gets a little butthurt because I um I don't call her mom yeah yeah I don't I don't see her as one like she she's never really been there. so and for me, my grandparents, I mean, they stepped up they they have taken care of me they they raised me, they adopted me. so I always call my grandma mom and I you know, I would tell my grandpa dad. and um, I feel like the love that they must have had for me and my sister to be like, hey, I'm gonna take you in, I'm gonna raise you as my own like Mm that they did they chose that because they could have i mean they were way way um done with raising their daughters they could have been like not my problem you know like the the system can take care of them you know but the fact that they chose like nah we're gonna we're gonna raise them we're gonna whatever i think that that's even more powerful and beautiful because they chose me and my sister and to take care of to to raise us and and for that i'm always grateful for them um, and I think that that's um, a big thing to to be able to realize that when you're a step-parent, to be able to say, no, I choose to love this child as my own, to raise them, guide them and stuff. I think that's a big thing. And, and it's cool to see um, from your perspective, right, like what how you grew up and, and your step-parents, both of them, and to see that, okay, now you're kind of in this role, right? too because you have a stepdaughter and it's Mm -hmm. like now you see how to um love on her and guide her because you've had really good relationships with your step parents right Right. and i think that's that's cool to see how that kind of trickled into your life because you had a good um relationship with them like they, they were able to show you this is what it is to be a step parent to to be a father to you know, um, to to really love on you and, and protect you and guide you. And so, so I think that's cool. I think that's, that's cool that you're able to do that. And to have been able to find somebody that believes in you and loves in you. Um, and to give you a chance, because I, honestly, I think um, a lot of people get judged off of, you know, their past mistakes or you know they're they're bad versions of themselves that a lot of people aren't given the chance to prove themselves and the oh. fact that you were able to find a woman that um is like no I'm I'm gonna be here for you I'm gonna help you build I'm gonna help you um you know be that good version of yourself that she probably seen in you way before you even saw in yourself right it, it's cool to see because not a lot of people get to say that and it and it sucks because sometimes a lot of people don't realize that they're they're put in situations that they might not want to be in but it's just the cards that they were dealt and that doesn't mean that they're a bad person you know you gotta you gotta gotta be compassionate towards others and really get to know them and and see what what their true story is because i'm sure you get judged a lot off of (laughs) off of what you look like right
1: Um. Not not awful.
0: Yeah, I guess
1: what I it's just crazy like how I I don't know, man. People are just people are people are mean. I'll say that. I'll just say that. People are mean. Like, I don't even feel why people need to do some of the things they do or go out of their way or just say things about you to other people it's gonna get back to you someday you know what I mean eventually their feelings are gonna come out by them or somebody else and um yeah it just sucks because honestly like I don't have a problem with anybody like me to anybody like a hundred percent none And it's like, it just sucks to hear somebody does with me. You know what I mean? Because why? (laughs) Like, let me know, you know, don't tell somebody else or don't like, what's up? Like, hey, let's talk. You know what I mean? We're grown. Like, hey, let's talk about it. Or I'm not, I might look like this, but I promise I'm not going to fight you. (laughs) I promise I won't. Like, I'm not a violent person. I don't get down like that. We've already talked about, like, it was just like an environment thing. And that, and that's really true. Like the only people that I would fight for nowadays are my family. If anybody threatened their lives and not verbally, I'm talking like, you know, try to do something. So if anybody has a problem with me, like, Hey, my DMs always open and I always answer back. I'm like, I'm not not like any of these other people that, you know, leave you on red. So hit me up.
0: (laughs) No, I I think I, I can relate on that sense because I, I take things to heart sometimes and so I'm learning not to I'm learning not to do that as much because I'm I'm a very loving person and then sometimes it, it I do feel like why do why do certain people have a problem with me or sometimes you'll be surprised especially now that you're a business owner I'm sure you get that a lot where people will talk about your business and, and this and that and I'm like y'all have never even met me and y'all already have an opinion about this or that sometimes I take it to heart because I'm like you know if you were to just sit down and have a conversation with me or like just take the time to get to know me not because of what so and so said but if you just took the time to meet me and talk to me you would seem like okay I see why she is the way she is or I see What drives her, whatever, then you probably would never have a problem with me.
1: Nah, I'll be real with you. I'm sensitive. For real. I might look tough, but I'm really sensitive. So like stuff does get to me. You know what I mean? I'll be real. It does. Like if somebody I hear somebody says something about me and it gets to me the most because I have love for people. You know what I mean? That's what gets to me the most. It's like, come on, man. We're just all out here. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? We're just all out here trying to make it. What are you doing? You know, come on, <laughs> you're on the wrong team, <laughs> but
0: nah, you know. i I would say I'm the same. One of the things that I like to ask everybody is who motivates them the most,
1: um my kids and um my grandfather, yeah, yeah, um. He passed away recently. And uh, like I said, he wasn't biological. So um, a lot of things he showed me, I'm, I'm starting to realize now, like he just, and I snapped a couple of years ago. I, I, was, I came home and there was, there was trash in the yard and I picked it up and I threw it away, but it, it brought me back to when I was little and he used to make me pick up trash in the yard. I was like five. And I used to tell my grandma, I don't want to do this. I hate it. And uh, and And he realized in hindsight, those lessons right that you need to teach to your kids um and at the end of the day it's it's more all about love the, the, the lesson overall um and uh it's tough because like I said we're battling stuff that we got to work on and then we're trying not to put those things on them and uh but that's that's who this that's who everything's for now, and it's nothing with money I don't give a shit about them I'll tell you that right now a dollar don't mean shit to me, I'll spend it like, I'll give it right back, I'll give it to the next person, like it's nothing, I promise. Um, I've had it, I haven't had it, but what I've learned is, it's not what you leave to them, Uh, physically, it's what you leave to them, you know, in their head and in their heart. You could leave them a mansion, but if if you're never there to teach them anything and they're strung out on drugs, then they're going to waste it all away or they're going to kill themselves or they're going to, you know what I'm saying? So it's more to me, man. I've had nice cars. I've had nice shoes. And, um, honestly, when I got out this last time I got rid of it all, the center they sent me to was, uh, I don't have a drug problem, but I was just out living my life. I just wanted to party. So I, 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 uh, at a Dirty Way, they sent me to a, a rehab center. And uh, I met this counselor. His name was Juan Diaz. And uh, he really showed me about childhood dra- trauma and stuff. And uh, that's when I started realizing we're all like, you know, why I want nice things and why and, you know, why I do things that I do. So then at that, that's when I, I had called my dad. I had all my stuff at my dad's house, all my shoes and clothes. And I said, hey, uh, bring my shoes and my clothes down here. I'm going to give it away because there's these the, all these people that go there are usually from the streets that have drug problems and this and that. They don't have nothing. So $400 shoes, $300 Js. I just gave them away. Now I wear either Vans or You're not gonna see me with shoes that are over $40. You're not gonna see me with a shirt that's over if it's a collared shirt, it's not over $20. And if it's one of these shirts, it's not over ten dollars. It's just it's just different now. You know, it's more meaningful. It's not it's not about money no more. So that's what I want to leave to them. I want them to know that it's not about nice things, it's about what you have in your heart and in your mind.
0: I like that. I like that. And I'm I'm sure they do because i'm i'm sure like you and i now as adults we look back on those little lessons that we were like probably like super annoyed that our parents would do and now we get it cuz we're parents ourselves so i'm sure, sure. Look back on this and be like yeah my dad taught me this yeah so, so that's good but thank you so much for joining me for a, a little bit and kind of giving me a little glimpse of what you do and 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 your yeah, story. yeah for sure um can you let everybody know where they can connect with you
1: yes you can connect with me on instagram at the network club or on uh facebook i have a facebook page network club as well i'm working on that one so more of instagram but um yeah that's it
0: well thank you again for joining us and you guys can connect with him i'll have all his links on the bottom description and we'll see you guys next time thank you so much for tuning in to our hepa talk podcast if you haven't already make sure you follow us on instagram at hepa talk make sure you leave us a review and that you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, on spotify and on youtube thank you again hasta luego